Good morning. Welcome to our devotional this Thursday morning. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. Thank you for joining us. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 7, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We had made mention yesterday that Jesus is the one that is the inheritor of all the inheritance of God. And we become co-heirs or co-inheritors with him as we live our life with him on this earth. He is going to share. We are going to partake of that inheritance. We see that throughout the New Testament in the writings of the epistles of the Apostle Paul. And we see that it's not just some things, but all things. All things belong to God and all things are given over to Jesus. And we will be partakers of that. We will also be called uh, the sons of God. He, he says, uh, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Then on another parable, in Matthew twenty-one thirty-three, it says, And another parable, there was a certain householder which had planted a vineyard and he hedged it about. And digged a wine press in it, and he built the tower, and he led it out to the husbandman, and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman, that they might receive of the fruit of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one, and they killed another, and they stoned another, and again he sent another servant more than the first, and they did unto him likewise. Uh, Matthew 21, verse 27. But the last of all he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reverence my son. Then, of course, you know that he's talking about God the Father sending the son to the nation of Israel to get fruit from them. But they basically did not. But when the husbandman saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us cease his inheritance. So he's the heir, and they wanted to get the inheritance. In verse 39, And they caught him, and they cast him out of the vineyard, and they slew him. And of course, they did uh, crucify Jesus outside the city of Jerusalem. Verse uh, 40, When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what? will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruit of their seasons. And in reality, uh, we can say that Israel, their clock was stopped uh, when the Messiah is cut off. And the Gentiles, the Gentile church began. And for a little over 2,000 years now, the body of Christ, of course it does have a mixture of Jews in it too, but the body of Christ has been preaching the gospel and God has been gathering the fruit of that husbandman, which is the body of Christ. Then of course there will be a day when God will start the clock back up right after the rapture. Uh, the beginning of the tribulation 
we'll begin with Israel uh, basically once again being fully restored to what they are supposed to be. But it says <clears throat> in Mark uh, chapter 12, verse 7, But those husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. This was what uh, Mark had to say about the same thing. Now, in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 1, verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, talking about Christ, in Christ, in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. God's the one that plans it. God the one that executes it out. And God is the one that is involved in all the process of accomplishing his purposes, his plans, his counsel, and his will. In Ephesians 1.14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit has been deposited into the life of the believer to come and to dwell in him or in her and to live his life and fulfill the will of God through them. So basically, the day that the Holy Spirit came here to this earth to those 120 disciples that were in the upper room, that was the day that God made the deposit of our inheritance. That was the beginning. That was the start. And ever since then, uh, it has continued. The Hebrew origin of that word is literally, it's a pledge. That is part of the purchase of the money or the property given in advance as a security. In other words, our security lies in that God has deposited the Holy Spirit in our lives as proof and evidence of the inheritance that belongs unto us completely, including unto the day of a redemption. And that also means that our physical bodies will also be changed and transformed. We have been purchased, not with gold, not with silver, but we have been purchased with the blood of Jesus. We are a purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So the Holy Spirit is deposited into the life of the believer. And of course, there is the great work that the Holy Spirit does as being counselor and being guide and teacher and basically being our advocate and intercessor. These are all part of the work that he does in our lives. But this is all because and part of the inheritance, the beginning of the inheritance, just like as one that deposits or makes a down payment uh, on a car or let's say on, on a house, that that is done in good faith, meaning that, you know, we intend as we have purchased that, that is our down payment. Well, God purchased us completely and the down payment, the beginning, was the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
Now, we have to understand what is actually happening and what is actually working out in our lives as we're living in our physical mortal bodies right now here on this earth. We have to understand that God is doing something in us and through us and even by us. And it involves us having some understanding, some kind of understanding. So in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 1, verse 18, it says, That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So there has to be some type of understanding as we read the Word of God, as we meditate on the Word of God, when we hear the messages and the teachings, and when we give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. Part of that enlightening is that we are to understand and know what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance, both now and eternity. We're going to see that the inheritance is an eternal inheritance also. It's not something partial. It's not something that's going to last a few weeks, a few days, a few months. But it is throughout eternity. So that is one of the, that is one of the Apostle Paul's prayer for the church of Ephesus. There's another one in chapter 3 and another one in Colossians in chapter 1. But basically, it should be something that we should be asking the Lord in prayer in our time. Lord, enlighten my eyes to understand. Give me the understanding in my spirit, in the spiritual realm, of the things that I should know concerning the riches of the glory of the inheritance that has been given to Christ that I am a partaker of. All the saints will share in this inheritance. Remember what we read in the book of Revelation. Uh, Those that overcome shall inherit all things. In the book of Colossians, it says, in chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us able. He's given us the capability. He has made us able, or we could use the word, He has enabled us to qualify, to meet the criteria to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now remember, the saints in light, that means those that are walking according to the word of God, those that are walking in the light of his word. That is to whom the inheritance is given because if we're in darkness, our minds and our spiritual eyes are in darkness too. But if his word is before us, then both our path and our feet are lighted and a lamp is placed before us to be able to see where we are going. And then the scripture says in the book of 1 Peter, in chapter number 1, verse 4, that we have been given an inheritance that is incorruptible. Remember, when Jesus taught, he says that uh, uh, don't store up things here on earth where moth and uh, rust corrupt, but store up your inheritance in heaven where neither thief nor rust nor moth can corrupt anything. So our inheritance is an incorruptible inheritance. It's also undefiled and it fades not away. 
and it's reserved in heaven for you. Nowadays, when they talk about the Federal Reserve and they talk about interest rates and all that, that is where all the gold is held to back up the little green dollars, the little green paper that we have to back it up to say that it is it is valuable or it is it is worthy of the value that it has been given. Now, of course, I'm just making a comparison, so I'm not trying to be exact on this. But to understand that it is reserved for us in heaven, but yet part of that inheritance is something that we are to receive even now. The healing in our physical bodies, the provision for the needs on a daily basis, all of that is part of all the promises that were given. All those promises are yes and amen. That means that God is the God of the amen. And basically, he will bring them to pass in our lives. So once again, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible. 1. Undefiled. 2. It fades not away. You know, there's inheritance that are given to people. Uh, it could be uh, paintings. It could be uh, property. It could be... Uh, certain things, but you know, through time, things get corrupted. They can actually be distorted. They can fade away, but not this inheritance. This inheritance does not fade away, and it's reserved for us. Now, the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts in chapter 20, in verse 32, uh, when he was talking about getting ready to go to Jerusalem, he was telling those that were with him, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. See, the word of God is able to... How is it able to give us an inheritance? Through the promises that have been made for us. And as we walk in those promises, we believe those promises, and we exercise the faith that is necessary for those promises, we become partakers of that inheritance now. Among who? Those that are sanctified. In other words, those that have been or have decided to walk a holy life with God. So, once again, an inheritance has been prepared for us. Paul was sent to preach the gospel. And it says in the book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 18, it says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, that's one, and inheritance among them that are sanctified, by faith that is in me. In other words, this is what Jesus had told Paul specifically. By those that are sanctified by faith that is in me. And uh, it says uh, simply that their eyes being open. So once again, it's the eyes of our understanding being turned from darkness into light. Well, our time is just about up. Consider this. Jesus is coming. Part of that coming is to give us our inheritance and rewards. Keep looking up. 
Our redemption draweth nigh. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Until we meet again on Friday, the Lord richly bless you. Amen.